That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a low-key, nice and important win. They all feel important right now when you're trying to maintain that, um, that, that number one seed status in the Western Conference. But reacting to a win... On Thursday night over the Golden State Warriors at Ball Arena, final score, 134 to 117. And wanted to come in here on a Friday morning and just, uh, we're not going to spend too, too much time. It's going to be kind of like a mini podcast, 14, 15 minutes, something like that. Um, And just uh, react to a couple things I did not want to go into the weekend without um, them uh, addressed or unsaid. You know, I just want to start with, um, uh, first of all, the game on Thursday night, I didn't think that anyone was going to play from the Warriors. I really didn't, uh, with the understanding that the Warriors uh, on the uh, very previous night, on the first night of a back-to-back in uh, Minnesota, uh, go to overtime and lose to the Timberwolves. And I'm like, oh yeah, these guys, these guys are are not going to. We're, we're not going to see Steph. You know, first and foremost, we're not going to see Clay. We're not going to see Dre. We're not going to see. Um, uh, you know, fill in the blank, you, you know, the mainstay, the mainstay starters, right? And we saw uh, Steph Curry. Now, we didn't see, um, you know, Draymond. He's got, he's dealing with like a calf or something like that. Um, and we uh, did not see Clay, uh, but we saw Steph. And Steph was uh, largely terrific, 28 points on, you know, made five threes. And I know a lot of the, I was, I was low-key uh, happy. First of all, I just want to see the guys play in general. Like, you know, Greg Popovich used to always say this, like, you actually want, like from a Nuggets perspective, you want the Warriors to play their guys, right? You 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 want to be able to um, bring your A-plus effort and know that if you don't, you're going to lose. Um, it could just be bad process if you enter a game uh, with just a lax, uh, lackadaisical mindset. Um, anyway, th- this game was um, uh, Golden State early. There was really two stretches, and I don't want to spend too much time on the actual game itself, um, but there was two stretches that I think define this game. One, at the end of the second quarter, when the Nuggets went on a 13-4 to run, and they had weathered such a storm. First of all, the, the first half defense was not very good, particularly from three. I mean, the Nuggets would get into their second rotation and just have, like, breakdown after breakdown. Just just bad defense. Um, and because of that, and, and mixed in, you know, give the Warriors credit, mixed in with some really, you know, hot shooting. Warriors made 13 threes in the first half of that basketball game. Now, they finished with 19, meaning that they just made six of those in the second half. So much better defense and kind of come back down the earth. But obviously, uh, a team shooting 62% from three in the first half, just not good. Um, But it was that second quarter run that actually, uh, I want to give him credit here, Vlako Chanchar was, I thought, instrumental um, in, while not uh, any sort of, um, you know, perfect night, but in a starting role, Gosh, he was just really good, man. He was really freaking good in 32 minutes, 7 of 10 uh, from the field, a 3 of 4 from 3, got others involved, had a handful of assists, had a couple steals. And I thought that, you know, uh, at the end of that second quarter, 
you know, because uh, sometimes, and I've talked about this on the podcast, like he can look a little bit janky when he's out there. Like he's not ready to play sometimes. And that's hard for a guy that doesn't get major minutes that's just asked to come in and produce. But I thought he made a big th- three near the end of the second quarter uh, that brought the Warriors lead down to four. And he had a strong stinking drive with under a minute to bring the lead to two. And then the next thing you know, after after the Warriors, you're talking about deflating, you shoot 62%. From the first half from three, made 13 threes, and you're down a point at half, that's discouraging. And then the other stretch in this game that I thought defined it was um, on the back stretch of the third quarter, where um, I just you know mentioned it was a 13 to four run at the end of the second. This time it was a 24 to six run uh, in the third that that put the Nuggets up 16 points with under two minutes left in the third. And if you were watching the game, you could just feel sort of the wind come out of uh, the Warriors' sails, and the fourth quarter felt um, rather academic. Uh, it was a foregone conclusion that the Nuggets were going to win. Uh, Jokic. Once again, goes absolutely crazy. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 16 assists, a steal, a block. He was plus 26 when he was out there. Jokic, uh, the, we, and we talked about this on Monday's podcast, uh, three episodes this week, by the way, um, and, and which is kind of, I'm mentioning that because it's, it's sometimes just tough for me. I got a ton of stuff going on. Um, so it was good. It was good. I'm glad. I'm glad we got to come in here. But it was going back uh, uh, two episodes now back to, Monday's uh, reaction over the weekend, and it was the game against Philly, and there was a thought. I'm not going to say it was a widely held thought, uh, but there was a thought uh, from both people here at the station, folks that covered the um, c- covered the team, that that Jokic lost the MVP in in front of the national audience to Joel Embiid. And while the the, the odds say that Embiid did gain some traction um, through that game, and by the way, it's now just looks like a two horse race between Embiid and Jokic. Jokic is still the odds on favorite to win it. And we said that was a foolhardy approach to think that one game in January was going to define the race. It wasn't true then. It's even more or less true now. The very next night, Philly blew up a 20-point lead to the Orlando Magic at home and lost, right? Um, and then all Jokic has done is you know proceed to pump out triple-double after triple-double, win after win. The Nuggets are now 20 games above five hundred at home. That is insane. They're now 20 games above five hundred on the season with a 36-16 and 16 record. Only the Celtics um, in the NBA right now are uh, 20 games or more above 500. Going into the All-Star break, it's incredible. The Nuggets should be proud. Obviously, work is far from done, really just getting started. But um, this is really a remarkable run that the team has been on right now. Um, so you got to feel good about where this team is at. A um, couple things here. Uh, let's just go over the uh, MVP odds really quick, and then I want to talk about championship odds because they literally changed overnight. All right? Um, shout out to anyone, by the way, who played the uh, Superbook uh, buys line, uh, buys lines boost. They hit me up. They've never done this. Uh, my friends at Superbook, the proud sponsor of this podcast, they hit me up yesterday during the day and say, hey, pick out a prop that you like in tonight's game and we'll tie it with something else and we'll create a boost. Um, so I, I looked and I saw, obviously watched Jamal in the previous game make seven threes season high. I'm like, you know, let's go Jamal Murray over on points. And they put it at 25. They said if Jamal Murray scores 25 or more and the Nuggets win, uh, you could grab that plus 200, meaning that you could double. You know, plus 200 means if you bet 25 and that both of those things happen, you won 50 plus your 25 back. That's exactly what happened because the Nuggets ran those boys out of the gym and Jamal went for 33 and was terrific. A couple of those drives, by the way, I mean, it was mentioned on the broadcast, looking like Bubble Murray. 
I hate that phrase because too much time has passed and we forgot how good he was before that. But at the, at the same time, hard to argue in that moment when he's hanging in the air, shifting gears mid-flight and finding ways and you know cracks in the defense that you didn't know existed literally one second prior. So, um, but uh, let's talk about uh, uh, championship odds changed overnight. The Denver Nuggets yesterday on Thursday were six to one. Today on Friday, they're currently five to one. All right, five to one. So you bet twenty bucks to win the championship. If they went on to win it, it's twenty times five. You win a hundred bucks. Same thing with a hundred dollar bet. You'd win five hundred. So um, the even if you're not a sports gambler. The, the odds that the Nuggets are going to win the championship are getting better and better. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, to the two-horse race for MVP, Jokic, minus 120 right now. So he's minus money. Bet 100, 120 bucks, you'd win 100. So it's almost like one-to-one. Joel Embiid is the next favorite at plus 215. If you bet 100, you win 215 bucks. But after that, the next closest is Giannis Antetokounmpo at 6-1. to one. So... Um, it's really a two-horse race right now between Jokic and Embiid for a third straight year. So really something there. Really something. Um, okay, what else here? Um, I want to talk about the Bones thing. This was really the big uh, theme coming into the night for me. All right? Obviously, you want to win at home against a Warrior team that is a little bit down from a health standpoint right now. And they took care of business. Perfect. But my indicator, and we talked about this on the last podcast, we talked about it on the show here, Stokely and Zach in Denver, if Bones Highland, if his butt cheeks do not come off that bench and check into that game, he is getting traded, period. It's unfortunate, but that's exactly what happened on Thursday night against the Warriors. Bones Highland didn't check in the game even in garbage time, all right? Not that, honestly, if you're not going to play him in meaningful minutes, don't play him at all, because... You can just just send the signal that you're going to trade him. It doesn't do you any good to throw him out there in garbage time, knowing that you're going to trade him. It, opening up the um, uh, uh, chance that he could get hurt, and so you just you just don't want to you, you don't want to go down that road. So you're signaling to the rest of the league he is definitively definitively on the trading block. Um, but you know part of the part of the issue is is that Bones. He's been playing less and less. He hasn't been playing well. His his points per game are down to 12 points. And he's kind of just been a dud for about a month now. Uh, really like, yeah, 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 about a month. Um, his trade value isn't what it was even just, you know, 60 days ago. Now, I don't think it's torpedoed, but it's not quite the same. Plus, the reason that it's happening, I think, mixed in with this stuff is immaturity stuff behind the scenes. Mentioned this um, on the back stretch of the most previous episode, but that's what the vibe continues to sort of swell around Bones Highland. That you know, you're hearing words like friction, you know, tension, disgruntled, wants a larger role, doesn't play well with Jamal. And a part of me is like, this is coming from a guy who's played like a hundred games in the NBA. You know, is is this? Uh, is this a good look for him and his market value just as a, a cultural fit, uh, depending on where you'd want to send him? So, um, But Bones Highland, is, is I think his time in Denver is done. Now, there is a chance that the Nuggets and Calvin Booth, general manager, just doesn't quite get what they believe they should get for Bones Highland, and they're not just going to do a deal just to do a deal. At that point in time, it could go one of two ways. You know, it could get it could get worse. You know, that this disgruntled guy is now handcuffed to a situation that he not necessarily doesn't want to be in. 
Um, or, or it could go the opposite. You say, okay, this is where I'm going to be for the next two months. I need to recenter myself, understand that my every movement here moving forward is a reflection uh, of me, and be a pro. So hopefully if, that, if, if, if Bones doesn't get dealt, hopefully it's the latter uh, that we're talking about. Um, and I hope that it would be, but at the same time, I am expecting uh, for sure Bones Highland to get traded before the February 9th deadline, which at the um, you know at the time of recording here on Friday morning, uh, just before 11 a.m. is um, is less than a week away. So it's just where we're at. It's kind of unfortunate. I, I in the six years that I've been here in Denver doing sports talk radio um, and covering all these sports. I can't remember an athlete that came on the scene and endeared himself immediately, like add water and stir to the Denver sports fan base, the way that bones Highland has. And he's got this large personality and he's a showman. And, but at the same time, um, gosh, this thing, um, it's soiled quick. It's spoiled quick. Really? I mean, over like a three week period went from, no, that's nonsense. You know what? Why would you, if you're, team like the Nuggets especially hard to land free agents you hope you hit on a guy like Bones at, with the 26 overall pick out of freaking VCU guy can pass dribble and shoot why do you want to move on from that guy well you don't you don't but you're put in a situation where he's on a rookie contract you could get the most back in return a value of trying to win a championship that's the utilitarian um a look at it but the but the human aspect is he just might not be a fit for this locker room right now for where this team's arc is to where the, and that's the central theme of this entire thing. The team's arc doesn't necessarily match up with the player's individual arc. Those two things are kind of conflicting. Add in the human element, and the sort of writing is on the wall with this one, unfortunately. So, all right, um, good stuff. Shout out Bruce Brown. I thought he played great on Thursday night. Shout out Christian Brown. I thought he played, uh, played great on Thursday night. Um, and uh, the Nuggets win again. They are now 36-16, and 16, number one seed in the West with a full four-game lead uh, for that number one seed over Memphis. Jokic named Western Conference Player of the Month a week after. His MVP chances were supposed to be up in smoke. So that uh, that that's that's uh, aging poorly if you were on that side of it. Um, Mike Malone, Michael Malone, named Western Conference Coach of the Month. Jokic with another triple-double. Jamal looks great. So, yeah, things are going well right now for the Nuggets. So we'll see what happens uh, over the weekend. It'll be uh, the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday evening. And, guys, you know whatever happens over the weekend against Atlanta and then in Minnesota on Sunday, we're going to be talking about it on Monday right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.